Well, good evening, everyone, to another edition of OBW Talks, the podcast uh, version of our OBW, our Old Baptist Weekly broadcast that happens every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. But this is OBW Talks, and we are thrilled to have a guest podcaster with us, <laughs> Brother John Wallace Thor. So glad to see you, Brother John. Amen. Good to be <laughs> good to to have finally. You. Finally, we'll have a fruitful discussion once, right, <laughs> right brother? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we tried the best we can to get Joe to give us some good stuff, and sometimes he struggles. <laughs> now we got somebody that can deliver the goods. Uh, I'm, I'm all the way in Texas. Thanks, Joe. I was all the way in California <laughs> right now. He no pressure, Brother history. John. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Today, we feel impressed to talk about the subject of conversion, the Bible subject of conversion. And the big reason for that is, is that last week, our subject was regeneration. And there was uh, not a lot said about conversion, but there were some hints made at it. Uh, because, frankly, a lot of believers, maybe even some primitive Baptists, Look at conversion and regeneration as synonyms of one another. And we see that differently. We see the Bible to teach something differently. Uh, there's also uh, a need, I think, and I trust we'll get into this, is to, is to show the difference between repentance and conversion. Uh, they're complementary, uh, but I think when we get into that discussion, there's some verses that we have that will uh, ignite Certainly a, a good spirited discussion. So we're going to talk about conversion tonight. Oh, I guess everybody needs to see this. This is my Oxford English Dictionary, the compact version where I've got to use. It comes with this. A magnifying glass. I didn't have to buy this. This came with the two, two huge books. And so that is our source of English definitions. So far as I'm concerned, not to say that other dictionaries can't. And I just want to, before we get into this, and after I threw, uh, threw this foolishness, we'll ask Brother John to, to return prayer for us, and then we'll have Brother Jerry level set us. Simply put, the OED defines convert as to turn from one direction to another, to turn from one thing to another. And conversion is just the act of being con of conversion of being converted. So <clears throat> that is about as deep as I can get right now, is to give you that definition. And hopefully the brethren will make a silk purse out of that sow's ear that I just put together, and we will be fine. I, I'm of all our discussions, believe it or not, this is the one I've been waiting for. <laughs> I think it will be, a, God willing, it'll be a edifying discussion for all who listen. So we're going to have Brother John, would you lead us in word of prayer? And then Brother uh, Joe, you take it over. Out in your manner, most holy and all wise God. First Father, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy, your kindness, and your grace that you have watched over us even from the earliest of our days down to this present moment in time. And Lord, we thank you for the fellowship that we have with one another. We we thank you, Lord, that you've bounded us together as links of change that cannot be broken. And Lord, we also want to pray for those that are sick and afflicted among us, pray for the troubles that are going on in the world. But at the same time, Lord, we just thank you that we have a never failing hope that no matter what is going on in this life, a better life is yet 
to come. It is sure as, as an anchor, steadfast to our souls. Bless the words that come out of our mouths this evening, Lord, that they may be to your praise and to our own edification. Give us a single-minded heart to say what you have concluded in your word. In Amen. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, Brother Amen. Joe, do us proud. Do a good job. Get us level set. And if you do a really good job, we can just close the, the whole podcast right there. Right, brother? Amen. We hope he does. I won't do it that well. <laughs> By design. Um, I think it's, it's good to start with some fundamental points that, that need to be made. In the discussion last week, we identified two major factors about the new birth. Number one, it is a single immediate event in a person's life. Number two, the person is passive. You don't do something to cause it to happen. God does all that is necessary beginning to end in your new birth. Um, we don't control our, new, our natural birth, and Jesus chose the analogy of birth for the lesson to Nicodemus in John 3. You don't choose when you're going to be born, you don't choose who your parents are, you don't choose where you're to be born. You're passive in all of those things, but never underestimate once you're born, activity is the rule of life. Right. So the new birth is something God does and, and by doing that equips and directs us to activity, conversion, is one of those activities in life where the new birth occurs once, conversion should occur multiple times throughout our lives. So I wanna, I wanna use two passages to, to open my thoughts. First of all, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 22, Jesus is speaking here to Peter. Verse 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Underscore the point. At this time, Peter is an apostle chosen by Jesus as one of 12 men who will represent Jesus in the establishing and affirming of the New Testament church and in the writing of the New Testament scriptures. He's a saved man. He's a follower of Jesus. He has denied and walked away from his career and is following Jesus full time. Did Peter have some flaws? Yes, so do we. There was something coming up in the future. Jesus knew all about it that Peter would be the key person to first see the right way. And when he was converted to that right way, he would strengthen and teach the brethren. I personally believe, as do many commentaries and probably the men here, I hope so at least, that the specific event of which Jesus spoke was Peter's enlightenment that God had opened the door of gospel blessings to the Gentiles. No longer did God draw distinctions based on race or culture. Now the gospel was open to every born-again child of God, regardless of culture. 
we read about it in Acts chapter 10. If you go to Acts chapter 11, you discover that when Peter got back to Jerusalem, he faced some static. The brethren didn't, they weren't ready for this. They didn't agree. But by the end of the conversation, Peter had strengthened the brethren and had explained his own conversion to the reality. A reality he voiced when he said at the house of Cornelius, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of nation of people or persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. Gospel blessings don't prefer a Jew or any other right. cultural person. They're for children of God, regardless of human uh, identity. Yeah. So Peter's a saved man, but he's going to be converted. Yeah. Now let's look at the book of Acts chapter three. On this occasion, Peter is explaining the reason that by what appeared to be his action, it was not, uh, the man was healed at the, at the beautiful gate. He's speaking to Jews gathered around the temple, some of whom likely were involved in the judgment and the crucifixion of Jesus. So in, in Acts chapter 3, I'll read Verse 19, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Mike, you made a, a, a suggestion that this verse clearly affirms repentance and conversion are distinct. They're separate. Repent ye therefore and be converted. Secondly, that your sins may be blotted out. The word blotted in this passage is translated from a word which means to wipe out, to rub off, or to smear out. Folks, that is not a word that describes what Jesus did in our salvation in his right. death for our right. sins, right. but right. erase them as if they never existed. Amen. You, can, you can take a dirty eraser and smear off some lead pencil writing. You can still see signs of it. But what Jesus did for our sins leaves no sign of them yeah. in the judgment of God. Amen. Sir. Secondly, the new birth is a once-in-a-lifetime event. What Paul or Peter describes here is a multiple event. When the times of refreshing, plural times, multiple times, and there's an association. It's not repentance and conversion to bring life to the right. dead. It's repentance and conversion that brings refreshing. Amen. And interestingly, the word translated refreshing, one of the analogies used in the dictionary, in Montz's dictionary, is coolness after intense heat. <laughs> you have worked in the hot sun and gotten hot and sweaty, and then suddenly either a cool breeze comes over wow. or you go into an air-conditioned home or, or location, and you just feel that refreshing coolness. Wow. Spiritually, that's what Peter's talking about. That's and outstanding. That's where we need to anchor and, and satisfy ourselves about this wonderful thing called conversion. With that, 
I opened the door for all. Let's talk. Well, I, I think I'll we say can this, just call brother, it Joe. just call it quits. We I, we got it done. Mike, you, uh, you Joe, called it, Mike. You I, called I, it right. I, yeah, wow. What I, what else what can a, we say? What else can we say? What a succinct plenty. What a yes, there's a lot there's a lot to say. Narrative. There's a lot to say, Jerry. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to, there's a bunch of things to tag on here. And I know that both Mike and, and John, you you guys are both ready and poised to, to jump at a lot of the things that are on your mind. I'm going to go just back to Luke. Um, there's something that, that's been tugging at me a little bit relative to conversion. And I appreciate what you said, Brother Joe, about re, uh, repentance and conversion, that there's distinction between the two. There's definitely commonality as well. Um, uh, repentance is, I think, a uh, one of the first uh, events in the process of conversion. Oftentimes, uh, if we go back to Luke, where where you you first read, and the Lord speaking to to Peter, uh, if if we, as you often say, Brother Joe, context, context, context uh, means a little bit, right? Uh, if you stop and think about what was going on in that setting. Um, First of all, the Lord speaks to them about the betrayal that is is imminent uh, and, and before him. And so they, the apostles, they began to inquire, verse 23, among themselves, well, which of it, which of us is going to be doing this? It's not me. It's got to be you. Well, then in the same breath, I would say, in the very next verse, they get to talking about, well, who's the greatest? Right. In the kingdom, right? Right. Uh, an interesting thing that crosses my mind in, in the account of both of these things, they're in the presence of the Lord. They're in the presence of the creator of, of all things that, that were created. And they're, they're entering into comparative analysis one with another. And they have the person that is beyond comparison in, in their presence, right? Well, Jesus goes down through in, in, in patience and passion and and mercy to them. He he teaches some things. And you're, you said something, I think, profound, Brother Joe. The Lord knew what laid in store for Peter, uh, categorically. I mean, all the way down the line. And I, I love your application of the moment of true conversion or the pinnacle of it where his experience. But Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. And Jesus knew that was the truth. I think the devil knows he's a defeated foe. Uh, I don't think this was a desiring to have Peter to uh, take him away or out of the, the grasp of the grace of God. He wanted to make shipwreck of his life mm -hmm. and, and, and cause ruin, ultimately robbing God of glory. He says, but I had prayed for thee, which that sentence right there blows my mind to think that the Savior prayed um, for any man, Peter, in this instance, that especially. thy faith, especially that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. There is a component. This has been tugging at me a long way around to tell you what's tugging at me. Um, there has got to be, I believe, there's a component of self-abasement that is paramount in the early steps in the process of conversion. And maybe it can be defined repentance to one degree or another in, in the mind turning away from self-righteousness, turning to the righteousness of God. Uh, but that can't just be in the mind. That has to be where the rubber meets the road. And Peter 
really, he suffered a lot in a me and you, Lord, religion. That was his mindset. Right. Because he even makes the statement. Jesus tells him, Satan desires to have you that he would sift you as wheat. But I'm praying for you, Peter. And conversion is going to be the byproduct of my prayer for you. And instead of Peter sitting back and saying, oh, my Lord, you know, shut my mouth, Lord. He says, uh, and he said unto them, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee unto, unto prison and unto death. I'll go with you all the way. It's you and me, Lord, you and me. And then the Lord lowered the boom on him, lowered the boom. And it's one thing to abase yourself. It's another thing to be abased by events. And can you guys just imagine what went through the heart and mind of Peter when his eyes locked upon the Savior and that rooster crow? Oh, yeah. Mm. Can, I mean, can you just occupy that place that, I mean, we know it turned his whole being upside down. And sometimes I think in order to move forward to the degree that we need to, and that I think the Lord expects Sometimes we have to peel it all the way back in, in our experience. So I think there's a, a component of self-abasement relative to not only repentance, but also conversion. What do you got? Does that fit? I think it fits. And in, in fact, I would go back to um, going right back to Luke. The, the new birth, this life is created in you, just like a baby. So there's a new life created. But a big part of that new life is the ability to be humble. That ability yeah. did not exist prior to that. Yeah. Peter Peter was arrogant. He was stubborn. He would speak real quick. And, and Jesus says, Satan has desired to have you that, that he may sift you as wheat. He wants to break you down. So yeah. I, I agree with you. Satan already knows that he's lost. But he's going to raise as much havoc as he can <laughs> before the end comes. And, and that's his desire. And Peter was the, the perfect person. I mean, he, he's growing and he's going to be viewed as, as, as a ruler there. And, and I do agree also that it was revealed to him when he was on the rooftop. Right. That, you know, call not what God has cleansed, call thou not unclean. And now Peter's in a position to really receive that because he's been born again, but he's got to go out and live it. And, and you see the transition when you get to second Peter one and 14, that, that he's beginning to practice it every day. Because when he gets to yeah. second Peter, he, he says, after this humility is hit, guess what? I don't think about myself anymore. There was yeah. a time that I was afraid to die. That humility, I'm not afraid to die anymore. In fact, it has been revealed to me that I'm going to die pretty soon. I'm going to shortly, I'm going to put off this tabernacle, but I'm not concerned about this tabernacle anymore. What yeah. are you concerned about, Peter? I'm concerned about my brothers and sisters. And that's what yeah. the Lord told him to be concerned mm -hmm. about. Strengthen mm -hmm. thy brethren. So he yeah. said, even after my decease, even after I'm dead and gone, I want you to remember this is the way Peter told us to walk. This is the way Peter showed us how we should live. He had the humility. He couldn't do it if he didn't have the humility. Right. Amen. Amen. That, that's right. There's a there's a fascinating link, Jerry, that you that you raised and, and highlighted earlier in this chapter. First of all, the disciples start looking at the other person. Are you the one? Are you right. the one? Are right. you the one? And then they turn in pride to yes. self. 
Amen. I'm not the one going to do that, but I'm going to be the leader. They discount that Jesus is coming back to continue. <laughs> they, they don't Amen. even believe that. Conversion, biblical conversion, takes a person in that frame of mind and yeah. guides him yeah. to the point where he, instead of saying, you're guilty and I'm the big guy, it says, Lord, is it I? Yeah. Am yeah. I? Right. Am I? Yes. That's a great point, Joe. Well, you, yes. you made it. I just wanted to highlight it. I just had a conversation with some church members after service Sunday. And because on June 7th, we will have been married for... 52 years wow. and and thanks and and they asked me what kept you married i said that long how how did you do it and i said the biggest step that we had is when we learned not to look at who's right or who's wrong that there, there has to be a unity that exists but yeah, and, and without right. humility you're not thinking about that right and, that's right and so i said when we learned we, we early on we'd argue about this argue about that and it was who was right and who was wrong but it got to a point it don't matter if if what good is it to be right and she's in one room and i'm in the other room right. it don't matter unity is more important than the right or wrong amen yeah that is so so true you know I, we're talking a lot about Peter and, and appropriately so because the Lord prayed for him that mm -hmm. he would be converted. Right. So we know it's important. Amen. Um, and, and so it's, it's probably appropriate. We're talking about him back to the thought of the, the abasement piece and, and, you know, Peter's experience uh, in denying uh, the Lord and then, then the undeniable coming face to face with it in, in that moment. And it actually physically makes me hurt when I even uh, put myself there through an eye of faith, because I've denied the Lord, maybe not to that degree and to that boldness, but in reality, it's all driven from self-righteousness. So, so we, we have done that. Uh, you know, you, you have then Christ uh, going uh to the Calvary, dying on the cross, going into the borrowed tomb for three days and three nights, resurrecting and appearing unto the apostles. And we don't have record uh, of Jesus addressing Peter personally and specifically until you get over to John 21. So, and it says it was the third time that he had come unto them. Now, two times prior, Jesus appeared, Peter saw him, but Jesus did not speak to Peter specifically. He didn't address the matter. Conversion is a process that we go through. Yeah. It's not like Brother Joe, you said regeneration. That's a one and done. One and done. You're passive. God's the only active component in the matter whatsoever. But conversion is a process. And sometimes we get the idea that we know the, tra the trail that's going to travel. But we don't. But we don't. Brother John, I think you hit the nail on the head from the perspective of once we arrive at a place where it's not about me and you, Lord, right. it's about you, Lord. And that's true humility, I believe. Not, not that what you think of me, but what, right. I think, what I think of me in comparison to the Lord. That, that is what makes me humble, right? Amen. Amen. And once, once Peter, I think, arrived there, then he was ready for Jesus to talk to him. And the point that jumped out at me as you were you're speaking in Second Peter, in John chapter 21, 
we know Jesus addressed Peter and he didn't, you know, say, well, I told you you were going to do that. I told you so and all that kind of stuff. He He just asked Peter, do you love me? Yes. Do you love me with a sacrificial all in kind of love? And Peter responded with his own version of love, I think, in a large degree. And then Jesus, at the third time he said it, he he went ahead and used Peter's word for love. Mm-hmm. Right. I and my my interpretation of that, y'all may agree or not. I, I do have a point. I'm gonna get to you really quick. Um Perhaps the Lord is even asking, Peter, are you sure that you even have affection for me? (laughs) I mean, are you sure? Because what is at stake is that you feed my sheep and you feed my lambs. You strengthen the, the brethren. Well, ultimately, I think Peter rejoiced because Jesus told him in verse 19, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. Jesus told Peter, there's a work yet for you. He had reached the bottom of the barrel. Right. Couldn't get any lower. Perhaps wondered, is he just going to write me off completely? I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but sometimes we get low enough. We wonder, have you just, am I I clean? God clean gone? Right. (laughs) Jesus told Peter, there's coming a point in time in your life when you're going to glorify God. And it's going to be by the death that you die. And that became his driving source. That that to me signifies the conversion. Amen. Yes. And there there is no competition in his mind between him and John. That's gone. It's all gone. Amen. And then when you think about that, um, there's two, two things that are happening constantly in conversion the first one is that i'm always looking at christ he's the end result and but the second one is i'm always looking at myself and how i measure against him so it's those two things in conversion and that makes it it's not a once and done it's an all the every day every moment process and i'm looking at where i am compared to the lord and i and i can't do that without first looking at me it's not my brother it's not this person it's not that it's me it's me lord amen it's a lifetime spiritually healthy outlook amen look outlook and the thing is if you're doing the i don't know if the correctly is the right word but you should get as you said, Joe, that that breath of fresh air that I'm looking at it and I'm making progress. Yeah. But I got a long way to go. Paul said I'm reaching, yeah. but I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. Mike, you're too quiet. I'm just enjoying the discussion, brethren. Is there, well, well, let us enjoy now. Do too. I need, do do I need to convert from my listening to talking? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Please. <laughs> yes. I, seriously, I'm thoroughly enjoying and I'm just back, just taking it in. You brethren are coming out with some really good things about conversion. I hope the people who listen really are listening. Uh, I hope so, too. One of the things, Joe, in your level set that came to my mind and everything you said was right. But I thought this in addition, regeneration is a guaranteed action for all the children of God, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, by, it's a part of the covenant agreement. It's uh, right. every born-again child of God, no matter yeah. what age of time, no matter what condition in life, whether they darken the door of the church or not, they will be born again. Amen. Yeah. 
but not every one of those that are born again are converted. Right. And if you don't see the difference between being born again and conversion, you know what you have to conclude? Every child of God will be converted. And and instrumental to convert and there's instruments to conversion. I mean, there are it's not that you're totally passive like you are in regeneration. You may be somewhat passive, but there's action for you to do. And God may choose to use means. Uh, he that yes. converteth the sinner from the error of his ways. You know, that's right. Peter, when you're right. strengthen thy brethren, uh, he was the right. me, he was the instrument by which his brethren were converted. I think. Yep. And uh, yep. so, conversion <laughs> is it can be indirect. It can be direct direct from God to you. It can be indirect from God to you, and God may may feel be pleased to use means. The gospel is the means in in almost every case. I think that someone's converted. So, so if you see no difference between conversion and regeneration, do you see now why that's a dangerous position to hold? Yeah, that's Amen. great, great point, brother Mike. There's, it really a- is, and even in Acts three nineteen, the times of cool refreshing. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was about to get that to you, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. You just stole it's my right thunder. Thank you, Brother Joe. <clears throat> I was going to get to that, but you said it better than I can, oh. like you do everything. Oh, I oh. need to repent. <clears throat> now, conversion. Uh, <laughs> that was a little, a little. Okay. So, conversion. Here's one more subtlety. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go right ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, in the Luke 22 passage, there's, there's one more, it, it's subtle, and yet it underscores the point. If you've ever had the conversation with folks who say, I, I don't like that old King James, the these and the thous and the thys, there is purpose in the difference of second person pronouns. Yes, there Look is. at verse yeah. 31. Uh-huh. Satan hath desired to have... Yeah. You, yeah. you, that's right. Yes, you, oh, you, you. oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, plural, yeah, plural, plural. Thank you, all of you. That's right. Satan is not targeting Peter alone. He yep. has his target on right. every so, one of them. I love that right. point. He wants love to it. Take love him it. out. Yeah, that's a great. Point. Look what happens in verse thirty-two. But I have prayed for, for thee, thee, yeah. you, Peter, individually and personally. So you, and th- people, there's one of the best places to oh. demonstrate that distinction in the King James you could find. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I'm so glad I was so such a big enough hearted guy to let you go ahead and break in on my. <laughs> That's humility. Yeah, come on. That's humility. On, and humility is my favorite uh, uh, attribute of mine. I worked the hardest on and tried to be the best at. Uh, <clears throat> that was another joke, of course. <laughs> Conversion for Peter was not immediate then. It had to wait. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, it, not that it, it, there was a time for it, is what I'm trying to say. There was a time that he, when he, the conversion would happen, and then he had to take that essence or that strength or that power of the conversion that he experienced back to the church at Jerusalem and tell some really hard headed conservative types. 
the door of faith has been opened to the Gentiles. Yes. And right. he, took some, he took some brethren with him, right, as a witness. It wasn't, this thing was always going to happen. It, but usually we don't see these things until after the fact. And, and But Amen. the Lord had been telling them all along that other sheep have I not of this flock, them also must I bring in. Right. That was always going to happen in several Old Testament scriptures, Moses in particular, Isaiah, the Psalms talk about the the, the islands and, and all that, the nations. Okay, so so Peter, would you say his conversion came after Pentecost? I yes. I think it did. I think because the, the thing with Cornelius happened after Pentecost. Yeah, right. Yes. In fact, Mike. If you look at Peter's attitude on the rooftop, he's still struggling with it then. Mm. He hasn't completely been converted even after the Lord shows him all of the animals and says, kill and eat. And what does, how does he answer? No, some of those are unclean. I'm not going to touch them. How does that translate into what happened at the house of Cornelius? But what does he do when he gets down there and sees the same outpouring of the Spirit on Gentiles that he saw on Jews in Jerusalem? Right. Then he's converted at the house of Cornelius witnessing that event. Yeah, I have a question for you guys. I have a question relative to, to what y'all are talking about right now. Uh, I think if you follow the life of Peter, you see uh, moments of clarity in in the journey right mm-hmm. is it and i i really i'm asking this because i really would like to know what you think about it not in order to make a point uh do we sometimes maybe miss the mark by pointing at a destination of being converted versus understanding that this is the most prosperous prosperous journey that we can be on and fellowship with the Lord that we don't, I think it's a, a big mistake to ever get to a point where you think I've arrived, I've arrived. We, I, I'm, we never do. I don't think we do. Very, very dangerous thing. You yes. never do. It, it's a very dangerous thing. We are going on unto perfection and I have great news for everybody. We're going to get there in the person right. of Jesus Christ. You're going to see him. Right. But it is a process. And, and I think there's times of great celebration uh, in in living a life of being converted, of conversion. I think Acts 15, uh, very specifically, tells us that there is joy that comes at the end of that process or in, right. in the process of it happening. It says, and uh, we all know that uh, Acts 15, let me, let me just read it real quick for those who aren't familiar with it. I know the three of you are. And certain men, which came down from Judea, taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, she cannot be saved. This is a serious contention that was going on at this time. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. So here they go. And being bought, being brought on their way by the church, they passed through uh, Phoenice and Samaria, declaring a, the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused what great joy mm-hmm. unto the brethren. Church, there is great joy that comes in this process 
of conversion in our yes. lives. Times of refreshing. Times. Oh, that is so. Yeah. That is so good. You, you might oh, even I say like that, that the conversion of the Gentiles was a way of converting the Jewish brethren. In a way, you can say. Would that. you say Amen. that? <clears throat> yeah. Would you say that? Uh, so, I think. So I, think we could, I think we should also say this, and I'll, I'll stop. Peter was converted to see not just the need, but the absolute mm. necessity to not get in the way of these Gentile converts. Mm. But did he stay that way? Mm. He didn't. No. If, if Paul's no. second chapter of Galatians mm. has any merit right. to it, and it does, it the does. great apostle Peter. This is why the Lord said, but when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. Yeah. Peter had a standing among the apostles. He wasn't the the right. lead. He wasn't the prince. Yeah. Of the, he was a first among the equal, maybe. But yes, Peter had certain responsibilities given to him, and he was looked right. upon as the leader. Whether whether people take that too far or not is up. That's between them and God. My point is, Paul had to withstand <laughs> Peter to the face, yeah, because he was to be blamed, and his Peter's error was. Uh, when he saw the brethren come from the Jerusalem church, that was from James. He he was sitting at table eating with the Gentiles, maybe even having communion for all I know. But it says he was at the table with the Gentiles. And when he saw the brethren without a word being spoken, he got up and separated himself at another table. And the other Jewish brethren who were members of the church in Antioch yeah. with those Gentile brethren, they right. got up too. And even Barnabas, who had preached to Gentiles and was instrumental in the conversion of Gentiles, he went over there too. And the only one that had the courage to stand up and tell Peter, I'm not going to talk to these guys that did the same wrong thing. It's your fault. It's yeah. on you, Peter. And if and what you did, you didn't you may think it's a slight little thing. It's a powerful <laughs> thing you did. It's a big thing. And it had Peter needed to be converted again. Can I say it like again. that? Again. Again, again, again. Can again, I say that yeah. Peter was I, I, for a while unconverted? He was converted and then unconverted, and then that's not a word. I get it, but but uh, he had to go. Uh, okay, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I got but one you know, to help me with. Um, yep. I've always looked at Philippians chapter three as Paul's statement of the process of conversion. I count not myself to have apprehended. I like that. Mm. I like that. Mm. I have count not myself. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm reaching forward. I'm, and I like how that. do I reach forward? I'm leaving natural desires, yep. natural That's fleshly great. desires. Yep. And I'm reaching for spiritual desires. Right. That's, I love that. That is conversion if I've ever heard it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. One day I'm going to be there. Now, then when I tell people, what does that mean? I always go back to Galatians. And I go back to chapter five, the 17 sins that are listed. Yeah. And I say, these yeah. are natural fleshly desires. And conversion is saying that I'm moving away from these desires mm -hmm. to the spiritual desires. And God gave me the equipment and the fruit of the spirit to do that. But Amen. I have to do it every day because today, I mean, if you look at Peter, emulation, wrath, dissensions, causing division, yeah. that was where his head was. So yeah. th those 17 sins hit every one of us. And we spend our lives moving away from them for the refreshing feeling that you get when you can say, I, I did it. I've gotten better. Now, next week, you drift back there again. Yeah. But it's an ongoing process. And it's refreshing to know this day, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Brother John, I, it reminds me of a sermon I heard. Now, I've heard you preach out of Philippians on occasion. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a book that you, you tend to go to on occasion. I remember, I remember a sermon you preached, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but it's, it's as fresh to me as it's ever been. Forgetting, reaching, and pressing. Amen. Ah. Amen. We're getting, that's right. reaching, and pressing. That's now, conversion. That's conversion. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> that is really good stuff. I really, I really appreciate you bringing that out. I, I love that. I think, I think Peter, uh, again, rag on him a little bit, but we, we're more like Peter than we are. At least I think I'm more like Peter than I am Apostle Paul. And Amen. I don't think, <laughs> I don't see Paul making the kind of mistakes Peter made. And this is after Peter had been given the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and he had preached to Cornelius and still, and to the Jerusalem council and still, Amen. and still. So, uh, but Paul did say about himself, he says, I die daily. I daily. It fits with yeah. what brother John was saying out of Philippians. Paul Amen. had to make a decision yeah. every day. Amen. I got to put myself. Desires have to die. I got to put myself in the back seat and keep the spiritual self in the front seat. Amen. That's a great point, Mike. That that it doesn't Absolutely. say the word conversion there, but it's turning away from self is what it is, and that's conversion. It turning is. Yeah. It really yes. is to the yes. spiritual pursuits, and then uh, mm. you know, Joe's Joe's Acts three twenty one great text, really great text. <laughs> Uh, in the following verse, he taught, he doesn't use the word refreshing, but it's another R word. It's restitution. 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 Now, I, I kind of have the sense that what Peter's saying there, restitution is coming whether you want it or not. It's a coming. But these Amen. refreshings are in, in, the, in the meantime, until the restitution right. of all things. Amen. Happen. So you have some yeah. refreshings that you can either enjoy or not depending on yes. your, your humility. You're willing to humble yourself, to die to yourself, right. die to this old cultural way of life, let go of these uh, things that you've been raised to believe and your patriarchs all the way down have you know, sacred to them. Yes, it's scary. It's scary. But this is the way God has laid yeah. out for us to go. That's right. Oh, amen. That's right. Faithway. Yep, that's right. Brother Joe, I, I absolutely love your uh, times of cool, refreshing. I do too. And, I, and that, I think of that, the sons of the pioneer. Cool, clear <laughs> water. That, that word picture <laughs> is that word picture is refreshing. All right. Yes, <laughs> but I, I also want to. I'm going to uh, toss something out for you guys to to either shoot down or per, perhaps uh, talk about. All right. Uh, I'm not worried about you shooting it, Mike. Uh, <laughs> refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Ooh, so there, therein lies the source of the refreshing, right? Yeah. My mind goes to first John and you tell me if you think this connects at all. <laughs> uh, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. Well, sure. Why Regener regeneration, regeneration washes us in right. the blood of the lamb. One time. One time. The debt of sin has been removed as far as from the east as from the west. And, and, and our inward man, our being, we are saved by God's grace. Amen. 
I need to be reminded that I'm forgiven repeatedly in my life. And when I feel forgiven as I'm walking in fellowship with the Lord, it refreshes me. It, it builds me up. It and there's a washing. me in the, and there's a washing that goes, goes with that as well. Experiential forgiveness from God is critical in the life of a child of God that we not become weary and well-doing. Yes. Does that connect? Yes, it does. And I think it opens up a wonderful yeah. line of thought where uh, Brother John and Brother Joe need to take 10 more minutes on this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> to distinguish between repentance and conversion. I think that needs yeah. that distinction needs to be drawn there. That line needs Thank to be drawn. You. There, it's there. <clears throat> it's there. So... Okay, I, I want to tag on to Jerry's first John first. I, I, I will address the point, Mike. You will? Thank you. Jerry, my mind was was just pounding me about first John 1 when you brought it up. Hmm. John 1, definitely. The objective yes. of first John 1 is not the salvation of lost sinners. Yeah. It is fellowship for children Amen. of God. That you may have fellowship. Yeah. Fellowship is not an absolute. No. Mm-hmm. No. It starts here and it grows. And you it keep grows working and it. Grows and it grows. Conversion does mm. the same thing. Yes, they are parallel. Love it. Absolutely. Um, okay, to Mike's question. Very briefly, repentance is a sharp, very, very distinguished change of mind. Right. The word was actually used in the military circles in the first century. Um, not that not that I was ever, I ever spent a lot of time in the military, but I spent one year in ROTC and this thing was <laughs> drilled into my head about face, boom, like that. All of the soldiers in one in one time in unison turned 180 degrees back. That's the word repent. Turn, change your mind. Wow. Conversion is the action motivated by the mental process of repentance. Amen. Repentance is the change of mind. Conversion is putting the leather on the sidewalk and acting on that change of mind. Now, that's very concise. Brother John, you've got a lot of meat to put on that bone. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how I can add or take it away from that. I like I love that example. It it really is. you got to do something with it. You can have the change of mind, but you, and and that starts because I've been born by the spirit of God. He's given me life. And now I know what I'm supposed, I know right from wrong, but knowing it doesn't mean anything if I don't go practice what I know. And to practice what I know, I have to manifest in my actions the fruit of the Spirit of God. Every Mm -hmm. You you look at the fruit of the Spirit, those attributes have to be manifested in my action. And that's a daily process, no matter what I say, no matter what I do. Could could we say um, that there's a lead up to there's good repentance and there's bad repentance. There's a repentance yeah. that needeth not be. Repented, oh yeah. Right? And that repentance starts with godly sorrow. Would I, Amen. Would I be right? Yeah. So Amen. God, you know, God, God does the working there to uh, convict us in our heart. 
I think conviction, we, you hear a lot about the word conviction, but there is a conviction that comes when God's, he points out to you what it should be obvious to you that you're doing wrong. Right. Stop it. Or there's consequences. <clears throat> and, and whether you want to say it or not, that, that conscience that we have, that clean conscience that we had in the new birth can sometimes get scaled over a little bit, maybe get a little, get a little cloudy to, to the view. And, then God does these things. He like a punch in the gut <clears throat> uh, yep. Yep. that just makes you double over and realize this is not right. Now, the yep. goodness of God, that's, I think godly sorrow is the goodness of God. That would be one way. Yes, it is. Romans 2 says that. Yep. Yes. And the goodness of God <clears throat> leads one to whom the goodness has been manifested. It leads them to repentance. Yep. But it's like they were saying, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't, can't make the horse drink. drink the water. Right, right. And God well, will do, thing, always do what he does without fail. Yeah, yeah. But but in this sense, God is not going to make you uh, be an obedient child of God. He's not going to make you become a wow. disciple. That, that has to be your doing, certainly based upon God's grace and uh, you're born again. Yeah. Then he gives you that sense of godly sorrow. His goodness is leading you that way. Mm -hmm. But you have to make... The decision and the effort. That's right. Am I wrong? The other okay. thing is that no, I, I, I agree on. with that one hundred percent. But you got to look at repentance. <clears throat> the scripture says that Judas repented. Right. That's the bad repentance. That was not. That <laughs> yeah. was not godly sorrow. That no, was it was not. not. That was selfishness. Word. He <clears throat> repented because he got caught. And everybody knew it. <laughs> yeah. God, so so it's, it's like the guy you go out and you commit a crime, and, and now you get caught and go to jail. I repent because I got caught. But when yeah. I get out of jail, I'm going to go back to do the again. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. going to get caught, I think. But That's godly yeah. sorrow, that repentance is a 180-degree turn. I think Brother Joe said that. If I had it to do over, I would not do it again. Mm -hmm. I try my level best not to do it. That's godly right. sorrow. Yes, sir. Amen. That's a great Thanks. distinction, Brother John. Godly sorrow. Yep. Brother Jerry, yep. you look like you got something you need to say. You know, well, you, you really hit a chord um, with what you said, brother Mike and, and brother John, I agree with everything you just said. Absolutely. When God convicts you, it's undeniable. It's undeniable. Uh, you know that it's God who's doing the convicting. Now you, your illustration, you can take a horse of water. You can't make him drink. Right. That's a true statement. Um, there's no glory to God. If, if we're nothing but puppets and, right. uh, you know, he convicts you and then uh, motivates you and then moves your hand and moves your, mm -hmm. it, there's no glory to God glory in that. No, we are called to be obedient and he's given us the ability to be obedient, both to will and to do he's given us the will and to thank you, the will That's and right. to do of, of his good pleasure. Amen. Uh, but I would say this, that we all need to recognize that when the time comes that the Lord does the convicting, he is faithful to let you know it's him that's doing the yes. convicting. As a, as a father chastises or as a father yeah. chastises his child. Jason, I should say. So when when you have that in your heart and that is what's going on, oh stop. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Stand still and pray that the Lord give you eyes to see Amen. To, uh, which way to go. Uh, because 
there's, I, I believe we don't know when long suffering comes to an end, right? It's right, not eternal. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say what this helps me with <clears throat> is <clears throat> we have to, this is where the rightly dividing of the word of truth is obviously so very important between regeneration on the one hand and conversion on the other. And even with repentance, with the leading, the godly sorrow, which yeah. God, God is not obligated to do. Uh, and he does anyway graciously. He, God chastens every son uh, whom he loves. But there does come a point at which, as you said, Brother Jerry, there's a point of no return. Only God knows that point. And right, I don't right. think it's a it's a cookie cutter thing at all with anybody. No. I think that that's kind of what John was saying about the the uh, sin uh, unto death in First John five. Right. But if yep. you don't make a distinction between regeneration and conversion, do you see where you can jumble all those things in together? Oh, yeah. Into the, into the aspect of, of eternal salvation and see when, right. when, when you separate properly, as the Bible has clearly shown, conversion is not, regeneration is not dependent on conversion. Yeah. And mm-hmm. conversion can only happen to the regregenerated, but it's not a guarantee right. that it will happen to every one of the regenerated. Amen. Right. Exactly and even right. if God is you know, working on that child, he may not still follow through. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk all, talk all over. No, but that's so well said. we got to make those decisions. Well, the flip side also. Go ahead, Brother no, John. No, no, Mike, just a, a, an observation that's been pounding around a bit, and you 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 jumped right into it. When people say, if you really are born again, you will be converted. You will Ooh. be obedient. Okay. In, in, in my mean-spirited mind, Joe wonders, have you ever raised children? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What would happen if a parent told a child, if you don't obey me and do what I tell you, it means you're not really my child. Right. Go away. Right. That's cruel. It's oh, wrong. It's, it's wrong. Wrong at every level. God, God didn't play at that every way. level. Yes. Every le- the flip way. side of that also is what loving parent, what loving parent would ever see the child going into danger mm. and not warn them? Right. So I, I tell the congregation. There, there is nothing that God allows you to do without warning you. You may not pay attention, Amen. but he lets you know, this Amen. is the way walk ye in it. Amen. And that's his love for you. You know, this, hi, this idea that you will convert if you are a child of God is disproved in so many ways already by you good brethren. But I think about the chapter in Corinthians about communion is that the 11th chapter, first Corinthians mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the apostle Paul really gets on the church of Corinth for their lackadaisical, just wrongheaded, <coughs> wronghearted way of having communion service. They were mm-hmm. as wrong as wrong can be. And he yeah. warns them of that. And, and, and he says, for this cause, many are weak and sickly and many yeah. and do sleep. No, right. that sleep is that's not right. the sleep of the bed. That's the sleep <laughs> right. Of death. No. And that no, death, I have to, I have to just Amen. take it this way. That that death came because they abused the, the Lord's supper. I mean, that's an important. That's right. Thing. That's you don't right. Want to wrong. Right. You don't want to persist in wrong. Am I wrong? Is I mean that sleep. If I am right, well, that's I'm how saying, I see it. If I'm right, right. 
There is no coming back from that one, is there? I mean, <laughs> and we're only talking <laughs> about children of God. Case. We're, we're yeah. not talking about non-elect, unregenerated people. We're talking about believers right. in the church yeah. Uh, yeah. who no are more. guilty of something so uh, bad mm-hmm. that God has given them warning after warning, weak, sickly. That's, that shows a, a progression. You know, God. But that does. But then they go. They, I think they that's why Paul said, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. Fear this and this trembling. is serious. It, yeah, it is the serious. Consequences are and, serious. And think about how God warns us. He can warn you in a song. I'm sitting in a congregation. A song comes on. They're singing a song and it just hits me. He can mm-hmm. warn you in a prayer when a brother yeah. is praying. He can warn you in a sermon when you heard a preacher and you said, preacher, you just stepped on all my toes. Right. Yeah, you've been reading that's my mouth. the Lord warns us. So you yeah, got no excuse. Yeah, they needed no. it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just want right. to just want to say this last thing to people who say conversion is an absolute must; it will happen. It doesn't, because it doesn't. God will cut in some certain rare occasions. I want to say the the result is not chastening; it's punishment, and for and that punishment results in death. I know that's a hard one to take. But once you're in that situation, there's no more repenting. You're, you can't repent mm-hmm. out of it. You can't be converted out of it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, am I wrong? And I'm, no, no, you're not, not wrong. No, you're, no. you're And I'll tell you that actually, that statement right there in the point that Brother Joe brought up could be the um, the, the subject of an altogether new OBW <laughs> right. talk. And I don't want to waste it. And it's time. possibly, no, but it's possibly necessary because there there are a lot of God's people out there that are under that conviction and and it's it's fatalistic it at is. its core and it's not glorifying to God but it's just not glorifying to God it's right. not and but aren't you on the other hand and it's not conversion you, <laughs> it's not, but aren't you thankful it's, that even for those poor disobedient children of God mm. They're still children of God. They're still children of God. They're, They're still children. born. They yeah. were. They were just still just as That's much child right. of God as ever ever were. Right? That's right. But what you miss is I. I tell folks many times, and then I'm going to shut up. Um, I can't go to Wells Fargo and withdraw anything if I never put anything in Wells there Fargo. You go, brother. <laughs> and Jesus said, "Store up treasures in heaven." Well, how do I store up treasures yeah. in heaven? Yep. Like being converted. By I'm being looking converted. at myself and yes. I'm following the Lord and the Lord keeps track of. And now I can withdraw it the same way Hezekiah did. What did he do when the prophet came and said, set your house in order for tonight? You're going to surely die. He started recounting all the things he did for the Lord. Mm. There's there's value to it. He said, I tried to turn them from their weakness. I tore down all the high places. I tore down the groves. But a lot of us, we fall on our knees and pray for deliverance all the time, but we never ask ourselves, have I put anything in the bank? Conversion wow. puts money in the Amen. bank. And God, Amen. God paid dividends on that investment. Too. Yeah, that's right. He gave him 10 more years. But did he do Amen. everything he should have with those 10 years? Amen. He let those no, he, wow. he didn't. He let those Chaldeans into the. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, yeah. he he wasted a great investment. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always tell people he should have just went on to die, but God <laughs> had to honor what he said. <laughs> I mean, that son of his was one of the worst kings Israel. <laughs> oh, and you know, Hezek, uh, Manasseh yeah. was born during those ten years, and mm. what a yep. man! 
But the point yeah. is, God did nothing wrong by answering that. No, program, not at right? all. Hezekiah no. was wrong to ask. What do you the ask? point is well made. Yep. So, Joe, I've seen you get ready to say something. Are you about but to get some other conversion text? Brother yeah. Joe, we Bre- got some other conversion text. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, I'm, our, I'm thinking um, along this line, all four of us are pastors. Think back on your time as a pastor of a congregation of people you know well, you've known them for years, and you love them. And you can identify by name a person that in times past, when you preach the gospel, they obviously manifested times of refreshing and joy in the gospel. And you look at them today, and the refreshing is missing. Isn't that, missing. that is so true. They have stopped the conversion right. process in their life. They didn't stop being a child of God, no. but they're bringing Excellent. tables. They, they stopped putting money in the bank. Right. <laughs> I want to use that one, Brother yeah. John. If I if you give me permission, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll attribute you for that one, but I love that. But Joe, I'll right. try I'll try to. I'll try to give you credit for it, Brother you John. Cannot, you cannot jumble up conversion with regeneration. No, um, you can't. Because uh, there's just too much can. evidence to the contrary that they're they're not the same thing. Uh, right. Now, now, can can we say that regeneration does change you? Yes. I mean, there's a change. I mean, there's a turning. Sure. Maybe you could say that, but don't don't call it conversion. Call it regeneration. I mean, gives, you, gives you the ability to convert. <laughs> so, right. Amen. Yeah, there there is no conversion other, without regeneration. We do have a couple of others. We won't be able to get to them. We do have a couple of other verses that yeah. have convert the word convert in that are yeah. good verses. And one is an Acts yeah. when Paul's making his yeah. defense and he quotes from Isaiah. He says, and, and lest they be converted and I heal them. Mm. But the other one, the two really good ones, not that that's a bad one, but the two real yeah. good ones are in James five, brother Joe. That's right. Yeah. James five, 19, we got 20. about yeah. five. I turned there already. <laughs> let's, let's go there and, and let's, let's close go there with that. because the three of us want to hear what you have to say about that. Yes, we do. And you and you got oh, read 10 it. minutes. <clears throat> 10 minutes. Okay. Verse, uh, chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death <laughs> and shall hide a multitude of sins. Number one. James is writing to brethren. If one of you brothers sees another brother commit a sin, you can ignore it and pretend it didn't happen and you didn't see it. Wrong. You try to convert him. You look for all opportunities. You appeal to that conscience from the Lord by saying the same thing the conscience has been saying to him. If you succeed, what happens? Yep. He stops the sin. Mm-hmm. The Lord forgives and heals. So all those sins he would have continued committing, and he doesn't commit. He doesn't. Amen. You in the multitude of sins. And if he had continued in that sin, there, there's all kinds of death in the Bible. One, yeah. Death doesn't right. mean you go to the graveyard or you spend eternity in fire. There's all kinds of death, and there's a death to the blessings of serving God, a death to conversion. 
if you don't convert. Oh, that's a great And I believe that's what James is talking about. Absolutely. This is a healthy family of God helping each other live closer in fellowship to the Father. Now, do you guys... Boy, do we do we need that in the church today? We sorely need it. I mean, man, we do. I mean, really, tonight's been amazing in this conversation. But that last statement is one to take home. Repeat that. Repeat it again, please. I mean, it truly, truly is one to take. What is the? What is that? What do you mean? What did he say? Just hit the replay. I mean, how connected are we to be? Well, yes. how responsible? How are. connected are we to be? Do do we love each other Amen. enough? Amen. Do we love each other enough? You know, Amen. we we convince ourselves we love the Lord enough. Sometimes we fool ourselves. You know what'll help you know that you love the Lord enough is to manifest the fact that you love each other enough. Amen. To be this involved and connected in our lives, God's given us influence with each other because we're kindred in Christ. And if we don't use that influence, you know, it's insanity to try to use influence if you don't have any. But if you have it and don't use it, well, that's just sad. It It really is. Oh, Joe, man. I've I've got a living example of that family that I've been talking to and there's a person in the family very catholic but I would say devout but and the person takes so much time and effort in being nice to relatives but the person doesn't have an ounce of humility and what's happened over a period of time now the person has just turned I think they say it's 65 years old they're asking me how did all this happen? Because now there have been three three situations where she actually blew up during family gatherings. Mm-hmm. And I said, What's wrong is you've allowed this person, because of the kindness you see, to behave a certain way, and not one single one of you has ever tried to point it out. Yeah. And you tried to point it out early when you witnessed it, you'd have had a better chance of her turning around <laughs> and seeing it. And now you're trying to point it out because you don't want to deal with it. But you, yeah. you, everyone needs to pray. You really yes, need right. to get on your knees and pray because you witnessed something that you felt that it was wrong, but you never said anything because of all the other things the person does in that family. I tell you what, yeah. I'm looking at. I'm looking at James chapter five, verse sixteen. I think it's it it, it is the. It's what you were saying. Confess your faults one to another. One to Amen. And pray one for another that yeah. you may be healed. The yes. actual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. Much. Oh, my goodness. They go together, those those verses. Yes. But, they do. You know, Guys, we, I hate op- to tell you, opened, we have... We've opened several avenues of thought, brethren, that yeah. probably... Yeah, we have. Own, we have. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll just have to yep. get these four people, Brother John Walsh, I'm sorry. We'll just have to get you back <laughs> to finish up all these. You may have to set aside a year of your time. <laughs> but we we want to thank you. Uh, thank you uh, for making time tonight. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Rich, uh, your, your contribution was outstanding. Over. 
Brother John, you've blessed us tonight. Amen. So amen. Amen. Yes. Let me. We'll just say yes, the Lord sir. blessed you. And and amen. That is the truth. And, and <laughs> to bless us, us. yeah, blessing. <laughs> so he gets That's right. Yeah. And and, uh, and brother Jerry, brother Joe, I I can't thank you enough for the wonderful mm-hmm. insights and. Thinking, Amen. just thinking out loud well, sometimes yeah. is so good. It's so profitable, and uh, it is. As I hope everybody you, who's listening or uh, will understand that we're not pretending to be experts on the on anything. <laughs> but uh, I think what I hope you see is that. Wait a minute. Huh? I, I'm an expert. I'm an expert on the failures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I can say I, the same thing about myself. And if Jerry and Joe yeah. won't say it about them, I'll say it about them too. That's one of your sweeter characteristics. If you're listening, go to the scriptures and check out what we're saying. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Search the scriptures yeah. to see if what we're saying is so like those noble Bereans did. Please, please, and, please and I, do that. Yes. And I think you'll see there is, we do not want to muddy the waters and 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 uh, conflate conversion with repentance, or even repentance with conversion. They may mm-hmm. go hand in glove, like repentance and conversion, but they're there's they're unique and Separate. and they are important things to understand on their own. And uh, yep. I think, brethren, uh, we need to give y'all one last chance to say something to the people. So, brother John uh, Wall, do you have anything you want to yeah, say cool. by way of wrap up? <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to say I really enjoyed this. Uh, Jerry had uh, told me that I should probably go back and listen to the other session on regeneration, which I did. I listened to it about four times. Now I'm going to have to go back and listen to this one about four or five <laughs> times, too. I really enjoyed it. And, I, and I, I, I honestly, God, I wish I could emphasize it enough. you got to practice this stuff. you yes. got to practice God it. Will put it Got you know, faith without works is dead. It helps nobody to believe that you don't put it into practice. And that's conversion. That, that's that's conversion. putting into practice what I believe, what the Lord has prayed on my heart, placed on my heart. And it, it's manifesting the fruit of the Spirit of God Amen. in the things you do and say. Amen. It's great to know <laughs> it, but it's better to do it. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Brother, Brother Joe, do you have something you want to say by way of wrap-up? Yes. Um, I've made the comment a a number of times, in fact, that Jesus' three-step correction of disagreement and defense in Matthew 18, go alone, go with someone else, so on, is the most unbelieved and unpracticed lesson (laughs) in the New Testament. I'm not laughing because it's Mm. funny. It's laughing because it's sad. It's true. It sadly is. I want to say from my heart to the folks who who are listening, if you believe this book, and if you believe the God who gave us this book, believe that lesson and practice it. Don't make excuses not to. And if someone approaches you with their admonition to you, Get on your knees and yeah. consider what Jesus said in that lesson before you answer one word oh. and accept, <clears throat> not only give it when you have the offense, but accept it when it comes to you. And that will bring 
times of refreshing. Amen. When Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, he was Mm -hmm. not talking about a church gathering. No, he was not. He was talking about this event. When two or three of his people gather because they care enough about their God and about each other to try to work out differences and retain and build fellowship, the Lord's going to be there and give them special presence and grace to make it work. Amen. That's conversion. I've ever heard it. At work. Amen. Amen. That's my that's my closing point. You know what? He even does wrap ups oh. too good for his own good. That was a great <laughs> All right, brother Jerry. Well, no way. Well, Consider then you can close it with prayer when you're ready. <clears throat> that I will. That I will be happy to do. And oh, should we be thankful for yes. this this precious time that yes. we've had? I I am full. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've been to church, man. <laughs> it's been I, I do too. So I, good. I love you, let's, brethren. Let's go, let's go to the Lord. Kind, merciful Heavenly Father, Lord, we don't have words sufficient to express our, our gratitude, thankfulness unto Thee for blessing us here in, in this little time and in this, this format. Uh, Lord, if not deceived, you have taken the hearts and minds of, of these men, and you have blessed them with recall of scriptures that they've studied and lessons that they practice, Lord, and bless them to put it before us in, in a manner that we can take it and apply it to the, the walk of our life. We realize, Lord, that we're dependent upon your grace and mercy and love and forgiveness every day of our lives, and that's our heart's desire that we would truly walk worthy before thee. We need thee, Lord. We need thee to be the light to our path, uh, that we would be able to to see thy hand before us. Lord, we pray for your church. We pray for in-gathering in Zion. Lord, just bless us all to come to a greater understanding Mm -hmm. of the great blessing that we have of of being in thy church and having opportunity to approach unto thee as we do and to visit together and and reason together on on thy word. Mm. Father, we feel so unworthy, and we just pray that you would uh, forgive us of the times in which we fail thee. We confess that they are many. Lord, just look down upon us in mercy and lead us and guide us by your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Say good night to everyone, dear brethren. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Until next week, we'll see you then. God bless. God God bless. bless.